Cottony Construction Law is dedicated to helping the construction industry in legal, risk, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's Law & Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cottony. Hey, I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of Law & Mortar. I am Trent Cottony, CEO of Cottony Construction Law. And as always, we've got John Kenny, CEO of Cottony Consulting Group. John, how are you doing, man? Doing great. It's Friday, end of the week. I hope everybody else is doing good out there as well. Yep, been a long week, but hey, man, we got we got a lot of great things to talk about this week. Um, you know, one of the things that have been coming up a lot, at least on my end with legal, is the Paycheck Protection Program. And recently, the IRS reaffirmed that if you receive forgiveness on a PPP loan, that you cannot use uh, those expenses as typical expenses that you would use for tax purposes. So, for those of you, let's say, for example, you receive half a million dollars in PPP funds, uh, that's going to count as taxable income. And I think that's that's going to catch a lot of contractors by surprise when they end up, you know, getting a, a tax bill from the IRS sometime in, in March or April when they turn their taxes in. So, you know, John, as as contractors are, are winding up this year, um, you know, you've served in position as CEO and, and in other, you know, um, vice president type capacities. What would you recommend that contractors do to kind of shore up, you know, their their business for purposes of year-end taxes? Well, I mean, there's uh, now's a good time if you, you have the cash and there's any uh, assets that you want to purchase. Um, I believe that I know that's through this year. Spends, I'm not a tax attorney, but I, I know we took advantage of it um, where you can go buy it and you get a direct write-off 100% rather than depreciate it out. So that, that can be a tax advantage, especially... If you're caught into the PPP, as you just said, that, that's going to be a huge, uh, it's unearned income almost, you know, that's how you got to look at it. Add that onto your top line, your bottom line, you're going to pay taxes on it, it's going to funnel through. Um, you do that, uh, again, make sure that you've got all everything expended out correctly. Uh, go back and double check. You don't, you know, have all your expenses logged in, especially not everyone um, has their own in-house accounting and has, you know, their own, you know, top, top, or does their own books, they use outside services, just take the time to double check it. This is a good month to run an audit through everything that you've done so far and make sure you've accounted for all your expenses and everything is in the right columns so that you don't get hit with undue taxes. Absolutely. You know, it's it's the next few weeks are absolutely critical to make sure that, you know, you, you've prepaid for stuff if you need to. You've really thought about your year-end accounting because, it can be the difference in thousands of dollars in taxes. You know, you have to understand what your potential liability is now rather than after January 1 when you're already liable for it. Yeah. Um, you know, John, now that we're, we're getting into sort of the winter months, we're starting to see a lot of colder weather. We actually had cold weather here for us uh, in Florida, um, you know, this week. Uh, but definitely up north in the northeast in Chicago, parts of the northwest. We started to see some some really cold weather and some increased snow. One of the things, you know, I was talking to our OSHA group earlier, and um, we're always very mindful of, of um, safety-related injuries like frostbite or, um, you know, possible slips or things like that that might happen because of ice. But, you know, you worked up in New Jersey, and obviously there's cold weather up there. What did you experience, and what would be some, I guess, real-world recommendations for contractors? Yeah, in the wintertime, if you, you know, you're working and the temperatures are well below 32, 
Um, you you got to look out for uh, wind chill. You know, wind chill doesn't affect the roofing as much as it affects the human body. So you got to watch out for frostbite. Frostbite doesn't take a long time on, you know, exposed extremities to, uh, to add up to freeze your skin and, you know, end up with some major hospitalizations out of that. You can also, I've seen frostbite on the toes. That's very common. Um, you also want to be careful with slips and falls, ice, hidden ice, snow on top of roofs where you have a, a pile of ice puddle underneath it, frost even, just plain frost, especially on uh, single plies, TPO, PVC. Um, if you got a little bit of a pitch on that roof and you hit that, it's like an ice skating rink. So again, you got to be real, you know, cognizant of that. And uh, another thing too, as simple as it sounds is, you know, you're wearing your PPP, your goggles and you're wearing your uh, eye protection, uh, get some anti-fog spray for it. Uh, that's meant for that type of plastic that you're made out of because you can fog up real easy. You walk out of a roof, off a ladder, out of an interior hatch, whatever the, the deal may be, you're on the roof and the temperature changes, all of a sudden your glasses are completely fogged up and you can't see. So those are just things to take into, into consideration. Yeah, and for those of you that are, you know, in these cold environments that continue to do work, you know, I know a lot of contractors are basically shut down during the winter because the conditions are too bad, but if you're doing work throughout the winter, one of the things it's almost a certainty that it's going to, the colder it is, the longer it's going to take you to get stuff done. And it just ends up being that way, whether it's trudging through snow or just, you know, getting stuff to start, you know, even getting your equipment to start up sometimes is, is difficult. So um, take that into account when you're dealing with scheduling, uh, especially for fast track type jobs in cold environments. Um, it can be a big problem and you don't really anticipate uh, the little delays that will happen as a result of, you know, freezing or sub-zero temperatures as well as, as, well as snow accumulation. Um, getting your project free of snow so you get access can take, you know, 30 minutes to an hour just doing that. Um, so definitely take that into account. You know, John, I, I kind of want to turn now to, um, we're, we're starting to see more and more COVID-19 shutdowns. California recently, just this week, came out with some pretty draconian stay-at-home rules. And so far, construction hasn't necessarily been affected. But, you know, I know in working with consulting, you have the access to a lot of our statistics and data that we look at. What are you seeing from, you know, your end, working with our statistician on, um, you know, trends as far as COVID-19, not just now, but looking into, you know, January and February? Yeah, the trends are, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty close to what you're seeing on the television. They're, they're rising. They're rising quickly. Um, I can tell you in the last three weeks of the different contractors that I've talked to, they are now all facing more COVID cases with their crews and admin positions, not catching them through the workplace, but because a family member or somebody came into their house and exposed them. So they're, they're dealing more and more with COVID than I've seen in the past. So other things and some of the things we pulled up statistically, um, work at home, you said about the rules and that. So when it, the about 80% of businesses nationwide um, in these areas sent their people home during the first lockdown, and then it peaked up a little bit, people started coming back to work. Well, even just before the lockdowns that we just recently are starting to get, people with the fear of the COVID cases rising, it's actually dropped down where there's only about 17% of the workforce and admin in these areas, you know, in the, in the high COVID areas that are still going into their office buildings and that to work. So we're seeing more and more at home. 
Um, on a financial statistics, I can tell you the Southeast has, has fended fairly well through all of this um, with backlog and uh, work, workload. Um, Northeast, there's a, it's up or down depending on the contractor. I know the Midwest is starting to feel the pains in the fourth quarter of workload. And uh, I got to tell you, our friends out on the West Coast, I, I haven't talked to one contractor out there that probably isn't down at least 30 to 40 percent. And that's what our statisticians finding out as well in revenue and prop, the whole thing. It's just it's not a good site on the West. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a good point. I, I anticipate that COVID-19 is here to stay at least through second, third quarter next year. You know, it's going to be a while before enough people have vaccines to where it's not going to be the same kind of issue. So, um, you know, dig in, dig in is the advice. Yeah, I mean, the, the experts are saying June, they're saying it won't be available to the general public at a rate where you can go get a vaccine if you want one until probably June. So wow. to hit the general population there, this is just what we're hearing between March and June. But if you really want to be able to say, I want to get a vaccine, it'll be June before you can freely just go get one. Hmm. If everything stays on track. Well, John, you know, with the time we've got left, we've got a bunch of questions that uh, our listeners have given us. And I want to at least ask one and get one out every time that we have an episode. So uh, the question that I've got here is uh, I'm, I'm looking to get into roofing. Um, what type of work do you think I should do uh, as I get started? Um, and do you have any tips uh, that they can take with them for purposes of building their business? So from, from my perspective, um, you know, if you are brand new to the business, you don't have it in your background, you don't have it in your roots, uh, start easy and build up, okay? My recommendation would be start residential, learn, you know, find a good mentor, find someone that's got experience that understands how, how to get through things that has kind of been there and done that because it's what you don't know that ends up hurting you from a risk mitigation standpoint. Um, take it slow, take it slow, learn on the, while you're on the job. And that's part of the thing. If you have absolutely no experience whatsoever and you're just getting into it, you might've you know, come from a different trade or, you know, you, you may be looking to work with other people. Um, definitely take it, take it slow so that you don't get too far ahead of yourself. John, what would you say in response to that question? Yeah, I, I would say uh, statistically and through my experience, the majority of startup companies start out on the residential side and develop themselves and usually where the first big hurdle hits is when they go commercial. They're not ready for it and run into a lot of problems just, you know, between technical and the amount of uh, cash reserves it takes to run the business um, with payment structure. But there's also a good portion of people that have been roofing, have the experience and decide to go out on their own business and start out in commercial. So if you're, depending on which side you're on, if you start out in commercial, for sure, I can tell you it is very beneficial new construction and general contracting work and start out with repairs and re-roofs and work your way up because you'll have better control of your cash flow. You'll have better control of your workforce. You'll have better control over your business. So that those are, those are the main items that I, and ask for help. Don't be afraid. Get involved in organizations, um, you know, talk to people, go for professionals, talk to people, get some advice and have them work along with you. 
So I think that's that's solid advice, and it's you know it's it's a very rewarding business. You know, it, it is um, the kind of industry where if you know what you're doing, you will have more success than you could ever dream of, and that's what the benefit is about becoming uh, part of the roofing industry. Plus, there's great people like you know me and John you can hang out with. Exactly, so. and like you say, just to add on, I can tell you you're right about the roofing industry. It is the height of capitalism in free market is you can be as free as you can. Roofing is a high risk business. There's no doubt about it, but it's also, if you run it properly, it is a very high rewarding business. So in the risk reward, which if anybody reads any kind of business book whatsoever, they always talk about risk reward. Roofing is a good reward on your risk, provided you run it correctly in a smart scope of work that you bring in there. So Chris, I'd like to thank you for that question. Um, I summarized your question here. I will reach out independently and answer the rest of your questions. For those of you that have other questions out there, feel free to send them to us. Like I said, we'll try to answer at least one an episode. As always, we appreciate you guys and stay tuned next week for another episode of Law & Mortar. Thank you. Have a good one. See you next time.